receive from God. And, and we did receive from God. And God healed a whole lot of people last Sunday. And you can see what happens when you esteem His presence and you esteem His gifts. Good things happen. So I was so proud of you. You, you did a fantastic job coming, expecting, and, and, and esteeming the gifts that God sent. So thank you so much and I, I'm proud of you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness, for your mercy as we get into your word. We trust that you'll refresh us with it. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, once a year, Diana and I like to especially thank everyone who volunteer here at Summit Church. We try to thank you regularly throughout the year, but once a year we like to take, take a, a, make a special time of it and thank you. So that's what we're doing today. You know, no significant ministry can happen in a church or in any ministry apart from people who volunteer. And this, of course, was true in Jesus' ministry. His ministry wouldn't have been even a fraction of what it was without the people who volunteered. And just think about it. The Bible says over and over again how they brought people to Jesus and he ministered to them. You remember reading that in the in the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? They brought the sick. They brought the sick. They brought the sick. And he healed them. And we often think about Jesus healing the sick, but we often overlook the volunteers, the people who volunteered their time to bring the sick people to Jesus. Is that right? So the they's, they, they, the, the volunteers, they brought, they, the they's get overlooked a lot of times. And many times, you know, it's the they's that are making the things happen. You know, you think about Jesus' ministry, you know, other volunteers, you know, we don't think about maybe as we should. Think about Mary and Martha. Remember Mary and Martha? They volunteered their house. And Jesus came and ate meals at their house. And they prepared the meals, at least uh Martha prepared the meals, is that right? And uh, volunteer work. Jesus sent 70 people out at one time, two by two, didn't he? Those were evidently volunteers. Think about the colt that Jesus rode into Jerusalem. Somebody volunteered that colt, right? The upper room that where they met. Somebody volunteered that upper room, made that room available. Think about where Jesus' body was laid after he died upon the cross in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. Joseph, no doubt, volunteered that tomb. So you see in the ministry of Jesus all the volunteer work that was going on that we often overlook. Thank God for volunteers. And then when we move into the book of Acts, we see those seven deacons who did the work that the apostles would have had to have done. And in fact, uh, they would have had to... To, to do the table waiting and all of that. There's nothing wrong with that. Thank God for waiting on tables. But they needed to give themselves to the word of God in prayer. And remember in the book of Acts. There were seven men that were chosen. Full of the Holy Spirit and all of that. And they served. You know just because you're not a preacher. Doesn't mean that you don't need to be full of the Holy Ghost. And wisdom and, and flowing with him. The, the, the best volunteers in the book of Acts. Were men that were full of wisdom. And full of the Holy Spirit you see. And so uh, whether you're a preacher behind the pulpit or you're greeting at the door, whatever you're doing, we need to be full of the Holy Spirit, you know, and, and need to be excellent and flowing with the Lord. I thought about the volunteers who helped the Apostle Paul. 
you know, uh, he had many people that worked with him. You know, God used him to write nearly two thirds of the New Testament. And he had so many people that worked with him that that the, he writes about him in the in the epistles, the letters. Oftentimes these people get overlooked. And it's very scriptural to acknowledge volunteers. Paul did it again and again and again. Just just listen to these as I read them. We could look them all up. But uh, he said, I commend you, Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church. She has been a helper of many and of myself also. And then he says, Paul says, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risk their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. He talks about this woman named Mary who labored much for us. And then he talks about Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ. And then he talks about Tryphena, Tryphosa. I'm glad I'm not named those names, but who have labored in the Lord. Greet the beloved Persis who labored much in the Lord. See, he's thanking all the people that work with him. And then Tychicus. People oft forget Tychicus. How many remember Tychicus? He, he was Paul. He was Paul's advance man. He had an, did you know Paul had an advance man, an advance team? And he would go ahead of Paul and get the meeting set up for when Paul would come in and, and preach. And Paul said of, of him that he was a beloved brother, faithful minister, a fellow servant in the Lord. And, and then he talks about justice. They have, uh, he said, these guys have proved to be a comfort to me. And then he talks about these three Stephanus, Forchanus, and Achius. Again, some wild names here. But here, here's what he says to them. They refreshed my spirit. He said, therefore, acknowledge such men. And so, see, it's it's very scriptural to acknowledge men and women that volunteer. He talks about Epaphroditus, my fellow worker and fellow soldier, the one who ministered to my need, holds such men in esteem. He talks about Epaphras, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. See, we have a prayer team around here that they, they pray on a weekly basis. They volunteer their time. Oftentimes that gets overlooked. One of the reasons the meeting last week was so successful was because of the prayer, the people in prayer that prayed for that and got things set up. You see, if you, if you look at last week how God moved, you had the prayers working. The Spirit of God flowing through me to hear from Him to have these guest ministers. Spirit of God dealing with them to come and then you guys being excited and stirred up to receive the gift of God, and the anointing of God and and people got healed. Praise God. Amen. Teresa Sparks, are you still healed? You got healed of what was it called? Frankenstein syndrome. I didn't syndrome. I didn't know there was such a thing. I've heard of Frankenstein, but I didn't know he had a syndrome. Now, now, what was it? You couldn't uh, you couldn't turn your neck. From one side to the other. You lost 75 to 80 percent of your peripheral because you couldn't turn your neck. And 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 that you've got a rod. There's a rod in there. And now you can't. And so, so the rod and the power of God hit hit that and, and, and healed you. And, and, and look at that. Look at that. Look at that. She couldn't do that. See, isn't, isn't Jesus wonderful? Isn't Jesus wonderful? We ought to get excited about that stuff. We ought to be, we ought to get excited about that stuff. And, and like Joe, you sent me an email and God's done good things in you as a result of it. He had a great week. Isn't that wonderful? Strong. See? So, and there were many others. Or there were many others. Testimonies that came. So, isn't Jesus wonderful? He's still in the healing business. He really, really, really is. Isn't that wonderful? 
And the Holy Ghost was flowing last last week. There was nothing weird, nothing crazy. How many of you know the Holy Ghost isn't weird or crazy, is he? But he loves people and he wants to help people. I'm so glad that this church is a church where he's welcome to flow and to move. Amen. So, but but volunteer people praying, getting getting the atmosphere ready for the Spirit of God to move. Okay. So, Epaphras here, he labored fervently in prayers. And, and, and Paul said that you may stand perfect and complete in the will of God. So he, he acknowledged this person. Then he said, the Lord grant mercy to the household of, of Onesephorus. Again, I'm glad that I'm not named Onesephorus, I guess. For he often refreshed me. So Paul had many volunteers that worked with him and that helped him. And if it wasn't for the volunteers, Paul... Uh, he'd have been hindered in, in all that God wanted him to do. I think about this church and all the people who serve in these different areas. Um, think about this altar ministry. But have you ever watched uh, have you ever watched a television show that was just a, just a little 30 minute deal? And then they run the credits at the end. And there's like like seems like. 300 people that, you know, there's not that many really, but there seems like there's just, have you ever watched that? You know, you see a little 30 minute television show and then they run the credits and there's like 50 people that played a part in putting that little 30 minute show together. Have you ever, have you ever noticed that besides me? Just think about this. We've got altar ministry, benevolence, building, cleaning and maintenance, children's department, connections table, communion, preparation, door greeters, driving the elderly to church, errands, groundskeeping with the adopt an island, hostesses, meals, cleaning for those in need, missions, nursery, offering counters, office work, outreach, projection, prayer lifelines, prison ministry, social, sound booth, higher standard, women's ministry, ushers, worship team, and the list goes on. And these are all things that need to be done. And you guys have done such a wonderful job doing them. And and we're just commending you today. Notice Hebrews 6 verse 10. Hebrews 6 verse 10. And the New King James Version, just want to encourage you here for a few moments from the Word of God and thank you for all that you do. God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love. Isn't that good to know that anything you do for the Lord, He's not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you've shown toward His name and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Notice in Ephesians 6, Verse 7, read this in the NIV version. Ephesians 6, verse 7 says this, Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men. See, that's the attitude. You know, there's, it, it's important the attitude in which we serve. We need to do things as unto the Lord. We serve men and women, but we do it with a heart as unto the Lord. And he says, Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does. You need to remember that about the Lord. And uh, you know he'll reward everyone for whatever good that they do. Um, remember when we uh, studied the book of Revelation. And the churches of the book of Revelation. And remember that all seven of those churches were working churches. You know, And I'm so glad that Summit Church here is a working church. We, we work, we do things for the Lord, not only within the four walls, but we reach out beyond the four walls of the church. And that's very good to do that. And when I say a working church, you need to realize this. You can't work to earn your salvation. Somebody say amen. amen. 
That's a free gift from God. When you repent of your sins and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you get born again. And it's apart from works. It's by grace through faith. Okay. But once you are saved, then as a result of that salvation, there ought to be uh, good works. There ought to be a, a heart to volunteer. Is that right? And a heart to help. And, and so we've seen that among you all over, you know, do, doing this over the many years. Uh, because you love Jesus, you're born again, you have a heart to serve. And, and we're just so grateful for all the service that you do. And I want to encourage you and tell you that because of your service, you're going to be rewarded one day. Now, look at Luke 18 and verse 29. When we talk about the rewards, remember now, are we saved because we do good works or are we saved by grace through faith in Jesus? Saved by grace through faith in Jesus. But as a result of being saved, then there should be good works that that come out of us. And there's reward for uh, for good works. Now, the reward is not salvation. The reward for good works is different than, than, than salvation. Salvation, as I've said, but I'm going over this again and again because I don't want anybody to misunderstand. Are we saved by our good works? No, we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus. But we'll be rewarded for our good works. And that's what I want to take the rest of the message here and just share with you some of the rewards that the Lord has for you. First of all, Luke 18, 29, New King James Version, Luke 18, 29. So he said to them, Jesus speaking, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or parents or brothers or wife or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who shall not receive many times more when, when, in this present time. And in the age to come eternal life. So are there rewards for people that serve God now in this time? Yes or no? Yes. Yes, there are. And so thank God for those rewards, whatever they may be. And, and I'm thankful for any reward that the Lord would have to give us. But, you know, I don't get as excited about the rewards in this time because those are temporal, aren't they? But I get more excited about the rewards that's going to come later at the judgment seat of Christ, when we're judged for the works we've done and, and when we get rewarded then, those are eternal. Notice, if you would, at 1 Corinthians 3.11. I'm just talking to the people who have served and have volunteered. You know, you need to realize that God thinks good things about what you're doing. And, and not only does he think good things, Diane and I think good things. But how many of you know it's better to have the Lord think good things than about you than me, than me Right? <laughs> But notice here, 1 Corinthians 3.11, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. How many of you know he's the foundation? He's the, the foundation by which we go to heaven on. Is that right? So this is talking, this, these verses of scripture are talking to people who are already saved. They're saved by grace through faith in Jesus. But it's talking about people, they're already saved, but now they've done good works. They've volunteered in the local church. They've, they, they've done things for the Lord on the mission field or wherever it may be. And notice what he says here. He says, verse 11, Jesus is the foundation. He's the way to heaven. But then in verse 12, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, and there's wood, hay, and straw. Now, we've talked a lot about the wood, hay, and the straw. But today I'm not talking about the wood, hay, and the straw. Today I'm talking about the gold, silver, and the precious stones. Is that okay if we do that today? We've said enough about the wood, hay, and the straw. But now watch this. Verse 13. Each one's work will become clear for the day. What day? The day of the judgment seat of Christ when we're judged by God will declare it. 
Because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on endures, he'll receive a what? A reward. Now, if anyone's work is burned, he'll suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Let me at least say this about verse 15. Did you know that you can do right things, but your heart's not right when you do them? Is that right? How many of you know you can come to church, but if your heart's not in it, you're not going to get any credit at the judgment seat of Christ. You can serve in the children's church, but if you do it with a bad attitude, you're not going to get any credit for it at the judgment seat of Christ. Now, it's not going to cost you your salvation because those works that are done with a with a wrong heart or a bad attitude, those works are burned. You suffer loss, but you yourself are saved. Yet says through fire, you're saved because you had faith in Jesus, but your works weren't any good or you did good works with a with a wrong attitude. But I'm not talking about that today. I want to talk about people who did good works with a good attitude and they're going to they're going to receive real loud say a reward reward. Now, what are those rewards? Well, we've talked about the crowns of reward over the years and all of that. But let's look at some other things here and just going to take a few more moments. Go to Matthew 25, verse 14, Matthew 25, verse 14. Matthew 25, verse 14, just encouraging you today. Notice what Jesus has to say here. Matthew 25, verse 14, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each one according to his ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made uh, five more. And likewise, he had received two, gained two more. And he had received one, went, dug in the ground, and hid his Lord's money. Now, we're not going to talk about that guy today because I don't think there's anybody in here, hopefully, that has this kind of an attitude. We're, we're just centering on the positive today. Is it okay if we take a day and just look at the positive? Accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, and don't mess with Mr. In-Between, right? So today we're doing just po- we're positive today, okay? Because it needs to be a positive day. It needs to be a day of, of, of just celebrating all the good things that you do here at the church. After a long time, verse 19, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he had received five talents, came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I've gained five more besides them. Notice what the Lord said to him in verse 21. Well done, good and faithful servant. How many of you want to hear that from the Lord Jesus one day? Well, if you don't, there's something wrong with you. You need to you need to need to get on it, right? That's what I want to hear more than anything else at the judgment seat of Christ is the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. Notice he's looking for faithfulness, isn't he? What is remember the definition of faithful? It's always doing what you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing it with a. Good and a right attitude. That's the definition. If you're a note taker, faithfulness, that's what it is. Let's see if we can get it again. Always doing what you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing it with a good and a right attitude. That's faithfulness. And that's what the Lord looks for. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful. Now, here's something else that trips a lot of people up. They think that they have to be faithful over something big to get a reward from God. But that's not it at all. God looks at what you do with the little things. Because it's, 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 it's the gospel truth. However you deal with little things, that's how you're going to deal with big things. 
However faithful you are with little stuff, that's how you're going to be with big stuff. And if you're not faithful over little things, the Lord will never give you big things to manage. You need to understand that, realize that. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Now that right there is a good deal, but it gets better. Enter into what? Now if you understood about the joy of the Lord, you'd be, you'd be shouting and dancing right there. The joy of the Lord. There's nothing like the joy of the Lord. There's nothing like the joy of the Lord. That's one of the greatest rewards we could ever have next to going into heaven itself is to get to experience the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord, the Bible says, is our what? Strength. And then verse 22, he who received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. I've gained two more besides. And notice the Lord said, now notice the Lord said the same thing to this guy. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. See, there it is again, over just a few things. A lot of times people think their job isn't important. They think what they do doesn't really matter. They think they don't count. They think that, well, I'm so insignificant. No, the the littlest thing you do for the Lord gets his attention. And if you do it with a good and a right heart, he will reward you just like he would reward somebody like Joyce Meyer, who has a a ministry that reaches two thirds of of the globe. Did you hear what I just said? You have to understand the way God looks at things. Do you know why she has a ministry that reaches two thirds of the globe? It's because she was faithful to preach to a house full of about five or six people at one time. And she did that with all of her heart. She had a little Bible study. And she was faithful over that. And then it grew. And then she was faithful over that. And then it, See, a lot of times we have the attitude, well, when I have, when I have you know, 20,000 people to preach to, then I'll be faithful. No, you don't get to that unless you start with the, with the small. Is that right? And do the, you know, be willing to go in and teach three children in a, in a children's church. I'm going to teach three children and children. No, see, that's that's wrong attitude, right? Is that wrong? That's wrong, right? (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Diane, should I make a right here? Right. Or Diane, should I make a left? I'm driving a car. She's sitting there. Should I make a left here? She doesn't say right. She says correct. Anyway. Boy, you guys are just cheering me up. You're just, 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 just. Well, to be happy, right? Well, that guy sing that song, Pharrell. I like those little hats he wears. I'm going to get me one of them hats and wear. How many knows who Pharrell? Have some people say, come on, guys, cheer up. Pharrell sings. What does he sing? Be happy. I went on vacation about two years ago. And that's the first time I ever heard that song. And by the time I left vacation, it was in the Caribbean, wasn't it? Where was it? Dominican Republic. Yeah. We went down there on vacation, our 20, what was it, 25th wedding anniversary. And I'd never heard happy before I went there. And by the time I left, I'd heard it about 37,000 times because that's the only song they ever played for a whole seven days was Pharrell singing happy. Does anybody know who Pharrell is? Yeah. How many likes his little hats? They're adorable. How did I get off on that? Well, you needed to be cheered up a little bit. You can have fun in church. You don't have to be serious all the time. As long as you keep the word. Have you had enough word? I'm keeping the word out there for you. His Lord said to him, verse 23, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over, over what? 
Just a few things. Just a few. I'll make you ruler over many things. And here it is again. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Now look at Luke 19 verse 12. Let's go there and we can see uh, more of what Jesus, when he said, I'll make you ruler over many things. Look at this. Oftentimes we don't talk about this, this part of it. But look at Luke 19, 12. Therefore he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom in return. He called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minas, said to them, do business till I come. This is money. You know, we need to be faithful with money. Right? If you can't be faithful with your money, God's never going to let you flow in the anointing. If you can't be a tither and a giver, God's never going to let you, let you flow in the anointing. Did you hear what I just said? If he can't trust you with something beggarly like money, how's he going to trust you with the true riches? Is that right? He said that in another place. Anyway, having said that, tell he, notice verse 13. So he called ten of his servants, delivered them to ten minas, said to them, do business till I come. Jesus wants us doing business. He, want, he wants us busy about his work. Then uh, uh, 14. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might now uh, know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first saying, master, your mina has earned ten minas. He said to him, well done. Boy, I want to hear the Lord say that. Well done, good servant, because you were faithful in what? Very little have authority over what? Do you know if you're faithful with your money in the millennial reign of Christ, he might make you ruler over ten cities. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? How many want a good assignment in the millennial reign of Christ? I sure do. Just be faithful now. Just be faithful now. Just be faithful to teach two children in the children's church. Just be faithful to, you know, greet at the door. Just be faithful to just do, do the little things. That's what God looks at. See, we look at different things as being more important or less important man does. But God looks at it differently than we do. Anything for the Lord is important. Is that right? Is that, is that right? Anything you do for him is important. And uh, so we need to remember that. Okay? And so this guy got authority over ten cities because he was faithful with a little bit of money. The second one came, verse 18. Master, your mind has earned five minus. He said to them, be, uh, he, he said to him, you also can have authority over five cities. See, so if we're just faithful in the little, God will make us ruler over much. Now notice Matthew 25. Go there again. And uh, let's start in verse 31. Look at this. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. i just reading this just to get you to see the heartbeat of the Lord here. Verse 32, all the nations will be gathered before Him. Now this is the judgment of the nations. So, but I, I just want you to, to see here God's heart. He'll separate the, the as, a, as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. Verse 33, he'll set the sheep on the right, goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, now, now that's good. That's wonderful. But watch, look at the Lord's heart here. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. A stranger and you took me in. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, you came to me. 
Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink or see, see you as a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you've done it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. We have a gentleman, and well, we had a lady that came here for a long time. Her name was Ruth. And uh, she couldn't drive. And so we had some people drive her to church and take her home. Did you know when you people that did that, I, I'm so proud of you that did that, that could do that. Did you know that you were driving Jesus to and from church? Did you know that? You know, I wasn't driving Jesus, I was driving Ruth Fonts. Well, I understand that, but in the, in the Lord's mind, you were driving Him. Is that right? Is that right? Is that right or not? We have a man now, another man, George Wolf. He comes every other Sunday, but he's in a nursing home, or a, not a nursing home, but an assisted facility, and he can't drive anymore. So we have some people that go pick him up. I'm so proud of the ones that can do that. I realize not everybody can go, but the ones that do, you need to realize that when you go drive him back and, back and forth from church, you're driving Jesus back and forth from church. No, I'm not driving Jesus. I'm driving George Wolf. I understand that. I know that. But in the Lord's mind, you're driving him, him. We need to get that mentality. You know, it's interesting if, if and I've watched this over the many years, if, if, if we said, uh, you know, I need somebody to pick um, Billy Graham up and he's going to come preach at this church and I need to, somebody to pick him up or Franklin Graham, his son. Uh, you know, I think almost in any church, the hands would start shooting up. Is that right? We've got to drive Billy Graham. But if I say we need to drive George Wolfe, not everybody wants to do that. But do you know, in the Lord's mind, whether we're driving George Wolf, Ruth Fonts, Billy Graham, Franklin Graham, Joyce Meyer, me, my wife, you know, it doesn't matter. When we're driving these people, in the Lord's mind, it's just like driving Jesus. And you need to realize that. And I think, I think most of you do. Whenever we do something to the least... But what would look to be the least, the least person of all that really moves the Lord's heart. And you're just, you, you guys and gals are just so good. You love people and I appreciate that. Let me close in Matthew 10 verse 42. I want you to see this. New Living Translation, Matthew 10 42. We'll close right here. Matthew 10 42. New Living Translation. Do you see this up here? What is that? That's a glass of water, isn't it? Now, you wouldn't think much about that, you know. That's real good. But you don't know how many cities, maybe, I mean, God just might put Dale Francis in charge of Australia during the millennial reign of Christ over that right there. People would look at that and say, what are you talking about, Pastor? How many of you remember Arnold Jackson? Yep. Yeah, people don't know anything. My gosh. How many remember different strokes? Remember little Arnold and Willis? And there'd be every, in every show there'd be a time when, when Arnold was going down. He was, you know, and uh, I remember 
Arnold was going to fight the gooch. You people don't know anything. So. But little Arnold was going to fight the gooch. And so his older brother Willis was trying to give Arnold a little bit of, 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 of confidence. And so, because Arnold didn't think he could beat anybody up. And so anyway, Willis, his older brother, was letting Arnold kind of, when, they, when they'd have their sparring matches, he was letting Arnold beat him in the, in the little boxing matches. Are you with me? And so Arnold was getting real, you know, he was getting real, real ready to fight anybody. And so he goes to school, and because he can beat Willis, and Willis is bigger than the Gooch, he went to school and he picked a fight with the Gooch, and he said, Gooch, tomorrow at, at recess, I'm taking you out, buddy. And so Arnold comes home that night and he's going on there and and then Willis finds out that Arnold has challenged the Gooch to a fight. And so Willis finds out that Arnold's challenged the Gooch to a fight. And so Willis, knowing his little brother is going to get pulverized, has to tell Arnold that he was throwing off in their boxing match. You know what I mean, throwing off? And so he comes in there and he says, Arnold... I've got to tell you something. You're going to fight the Gooch tomorrow, right? And, and Arnold said, yeah, I'm going to take him out. And he said, well, I've got to tell you something, Arnold. You know those boxing matches, those practice matches we've been having? And Arnold said, uh-huh. He said, I whipped you real good, didn't I, didn't I Willis? And Willis said, well, that's what I have to tell you about, Arnold. I wasn't giving you my full. I was throwing off. And Arnold looks at him and he goes, what you talking about, Willis? Don't you remember that? And in every show, you people, God love you. You need to loosen up. What you talking about, Willis? Come on, let's practice. Yeah. One more time. Yeah, what you talking about? So, when I say Dale might get authority over Australia in the millennium over that, a lot of people would say, What you talking about, Willis? You need to go read your Bible. Dale, for 20 years, has sat this on the platform for me faithfully. And when he sits it on the platform, in God's mind, he's setting it up there for who? Now, am I Jesus? No, I'm not. But I'm a member of the body of Christ, just like you are. And when Dale sets that up there, like that, yeah, but it's just a piddly-diddly glass of water. It doesn't mean a blasted thing. Maybe to you and to me or whatever, it means a lot to me, especially when I get thirsty. But see, people would look at this as just not that big of a deal. But God looks at it as a big deal because when Dale sets it up there for me, and I'm not the Lord, you understand that. But in God's mind, it's like setting it up there for Jesus. And Dale's done that for 21 years now, approximately. Every Sunday and, and many Wednesday nights and midweek services. And you know what? God has kept track of every time he set that water up there. Now, there's no way I can keep track of it. I'm not God. I can't, I don't, my mind doesn't, I, I'm not, you know, I don't have a photograph. I can't keep track of all that. But God keeps good books. That could get Dale Australia. Why am I using Australia? Maybe Hong Kong. Huh? Yeah. All the times that that Brian Knott has volunteered to do the 
announcements and play the drums. Do you know God remembers every, every time Brian hits those, what do they call them? Thanks. They don't have a special name. Pad. Tom-toms. Every time he hits those Tom-toms, God, God, you know, God's counted every last one of them. I said God's counted every last one of them. Is that right? Is that right? Oh, yeah. Every last one of them. Every time that, I don't know, I start this up, then I get, get in trouble because I, well, just the other day, Ken Sparks. He brings some Diet Coke over to my house. You know what? God will remember that. I've already drank them, but God will remember. I think of Pat not back there. All the years she's labored in prayer. I mean, that woman has labored in prayer over this church for years and years and years. You know, I can't remember all the times she's prayed, but God hasn't forgot a one of them. Not a one of them. Not a one of them. I think about Karen back there. She's been with us for 20 years. And, and she's faithful. And she sang for 20 some odd years here at the church, give or take. I can't remember every service, but God hasn't forgotten a one. And I could go on and on and on and, and start calling names out. Then, you, you know, so I'll stop right there because if I, you know, I don't want to get, well, why did he call on me? I'm just trying to get you to see, is this important to God? The water, the stuff that's... See, what really gets God's attention is the stuff that you do when nobody's watching. Man, that gets His attention. The stuff you do in front of people, and when people clap for you... Let me tell you right now, there's nothing wrong with people clapping for you and all of that, but I don't want people clapping for me because I don't want that to be my reward. If we do things to be seen of men... Jesus said, you know, essentially I put in my own words, when we do things to be seen of men and they clap for us, that's all the reward we're going to get. It's like when you give, like if you give, have an offering to give. You know, I remember years ago, somebody walked up and handed to the church, gave me a, a, a big offering and I didn't respond. I said, thank you. And I went my way. And they couldn't understand why I didn't just, you know, jump up and down. Because you know why I didn't do that? Because I didn't want that to be that guy's reward. I want his reward to come from Jesus. Is that right? That's like in our giving. We don't need to let our right hand know what, what our left hand is doing. We, need, we do things in secret and then God rewards openly. Now, there's some things we do openly like usher or, you know, greet at the door or whatever the case may be. Work in the sound booth, the projection, whatever, that people see us. But our goal shouldn't be to be seen of men. It should be to be seen of the Lord. Look at, we'll close here, Matthew 10:42. Are you glad I told you about the gooch this morning? I hope that's not all you remember when you leave here. Somebody said, bring that lady back that was preaching last week. I like her better. Well, you can't have services like that necessarily every week. But we are going to have them back here next year. They've agreed to come. We're going to have them back. Won't that be wonderful? But we do have our share healing services around here. Praise God. Nonetheless, look at this. New Living Translation, Matthew 10:42. And if you give even a what? A what? 
If you give even a cup of cold water, who's talking here? We need to really listen, don't we? He's talking, our Lord. If you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will what? Surely be rewarded. Would the Lord reward just giving somebody a drink? Yeah. Even if it's, if it's what we would think of as a bum on the street. Oh, that's when you really get his attention. Is that right? The smallest and seemingly least significant duty you can volunteer to do for Jesus now sets you up for the largest and greatest reward later in eternity. I'll say that again. The smallest and seemingly least significant duty you can volunteer to do for Jesus now. Did you hear what I just said? The smallest and seemingly least significant duty you can volunteer to do for Jesus now sets you up for the largest and greatest reward later in eternity. You're a good group of people. God love you. God bless you. We appreciate everything that you do around here as you do it unto the Lord. Now we're going to have a, 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 some goodies, some food. So if you can stay, we'd recommend that you stay. And we've we got some good sandwiches. Realize, say sandwiches. sandwiches. You know why? Not, no, it's not sandwiches. It's sandwiches. I used to sit there. I used to sit when I taught school years ago. And Robert Rucker... He, he'd sit in the back in his Lamont pain. They always, because I, I'd bring a sandwich from home every day and I'd eat. I, I wouldn't go eat with the teachers. I'd eat by myself and I'd always eat at the end of fourth hour. And every day for a whole year just about, they'd say, you can eat your sandwiches, Mr. Shield. So it's sandwiches, not sandwiches. 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 So we've got some good sandwiches for you out there. And what, what are they? Turkey and roast beef and... I don't know, chicken, ham, I don't know. Real, there are sub sandwiches and a lot of other goodies, a lot of good sandwiches out there. So we just did that for you to let you know that we love you. So stay if you can and get you some sandwiches and, and other stuff. And just as you're eating it, just remember how much the Lord appreciates you, how much we appreciate you. Let's stand. Praise God. We've got tables in here you can come back in and eat at if you want. Father, we thank you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for... Your goodness and mercy. We thank you for your holy word. We thank you that we can study your word and have fun doing it. We thank you, sir, for all these wonderful people that you've sent here to Summit Church. And we thank you for their faithfulness. And, sir, I I say thanks unto them, but I trust that, and you know where my heart is, Lord, that their greatest reward lay yet ahead of them. In this time and also, most importantly, in eternity, as you say to them, well done, good and faithful servant. And then you give them great blessing and, and, and authority. And we're just, I'm just looking forward to, to seeing all the good rewards you have for all the good, faithful people who have served you over the years. So we thank you. We bless you, Lord. And we pray over this food. We receive it blessed and sanctified in the name of the Lord Jesus to the nourishment of our bodies. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your personal Savior. You need to do that. If you've never made him the Lord of your life. Received him as Savior. You need to do that. There really is a heaven.